0: Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm
1: Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed, here we are, part three of our series on how to win friends and influence people. Um, But before we get into that, man, how's
0: life? Uh, it's good. It's a little bit rainy this weekend, which is very disappointing. Uh, you know, I've been riding the uh, we were talking before the show. I've been riding the bike trainer Mm. because I have some mechanical issues and I'm waiting on my inner tubes to come in. But yeah, it's at least the weather was bad, so I was like, yeah, I think it was like one day this week where I was like, man, I wish I could be riding right now. But yeah, other than that, it's been pretty good. Not bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you kind of motivated me, my man, to get out there and start pedaling a little bit before. Boy, I have to take my long extended business trip but uh yeah I, just, I saw yeah. I saw you put in a few miles just a few and then I got a guy that lives across the street he likes to ride so I thought to ask him but he refuses to actually go to this one hill we have back here that goes towards our hangar it's a steep climb man like I did it yesterday and I got up I, I got up halfway of it and it's the crazy thing is like you know how we would climb California hill at Campbell And it it was a struggle, but it just, I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't that bad. It was just when you finally got to the top, you're exhausted. This one, it just, it feels like it takes forever to get up it. And it's got this crazy incline, but coming back down, I was almost doing 42 miles an hour though. Just hauling. Oh wow. Yeah, I was hauling bro. And it was, (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's the fastest I've ever gone on my bike too though really so wow
0: yeah there's some hills here that I'm like is there a way I can get up there without riding up it just so I can ride down <laughs> I just don't want to do the I don't want to do the climb yeah, yeah. that's the problem yeah. well
1: I mean and I can I, yeah. I imagine too though Germany Germany's uh area mountainous areas there I mean
0: Oh yeah there's lots That's where competition I mean I come. can't even ride I can't even ride to work and back because the hill coming to our little town is like a greater than 12 uh incline good night yeah man yeah and it's like uh probably about half mile long like it's a (laughs) it's a hump oh wow so i was like "Eh, no i'm good i'll uh yeah i'll just end up walking it so i may as well just i take my bike to work and then i ride from work to some other places and yeah do a little tour
1: and it's and i i guess i'm at a point right now that I want to go off post and go riding on some of these places, but I almost feel like I'm not ready yet. And I only have a few more days before I have to go into another stay at home type situation. But I'm like, man, I really want to go out here and ride some of these (laughs) like, but they're, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's the mountains, man. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not Germany, but it's the Colorado mountains. So.
0: It's definitely gonna be no. I'm sure it's still a great. Uh, it would be an awesome ride in those mountains. Oh, oh yeah, definitely, man. All right, so we'll, let's uh let's
1: jump into this. But we've got to remind our listeners that if you have not listened to part one or part two, they are all in conjunction with with one another. Uh, it's for the "How to Win Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie, and we sectioned them off. Now, I don't think you have to listen two you know one and two to be able to get three i think you can listen to any of them um but if you're somebody who's like you like you want to know more about the book and to understand it maybe go back and listen to them but i i think to me the way we busted it up i think it really is one of the things yeah, you can do yeah. by yourself so you think yeah
0: yeah i think so too brian yeah I, the only issue is like you know we do tend to go oh this is uh this ties into you know something from a previous episode so that you might get a little lost in that yeah but yeah i think you can get by with just picking up anywhere and listening to it yeah and the idea of what he talks about to kind of
1: frame it i feel like as we've been uh discussing in like in the p- past two parts and then we're going to discuss today it's a lot of the stuff that we have kind of talked about in other realms, or other books, or other uh, research that we did. So it's it's kind of it's it's almost like it's coming full circle. Is how I feel, uh, and it it kind of solidifies the whole ideas behind certain stuff.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you remember when you were a kid doing the connect the dots. I think that's what we're doing here. We're just connecting the dots at this point. <laughs> yeah, just and, and that's you know, and it comes around, and then we had this beautiful picture of influence at the end.
1: Is it influence or a unicorn?
0: Because I was trying to do a unicorn. It's influence. You didn't get a unicorn. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> All right. So here we are. Part three is of how to win friends and influence people. Um, part three, the actual title of it within the book and the sections is be a leader, how to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. So basically it's how to be persuasive is how I see it. in um, and and it's kind of like going about it by not forcing your leadership on somebody, but really about, I think this is Dale kind of how he is doing. This is very much the same thing um, that Greenleaf did with the servant leadership. Right. So it, once we go through this, you know, I, I, I feel like this is all like elements of servant leadership and to, to be able to um, communicate and to, work with people to influence and inspire them to do better so um
0: hmm. I mean, okay I, I'll, yeah i mean I can, I can kind of see your point of view too yeah yeah it's interesting this one was interesting to me because a lot of it i was like okay that makes sense and then some of it to me came across as okay that's common sense but uh maybe it's not common sense well executed at times so hopefully that will help our listeners be like, Oh, I get it. There's my mistake. Mm. And this is how I can, yeah, you know, I can change people without, you know, offending them.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's the point behind it too, though, is just to be able to, you know, how do I, how do I become more inspirational, you know, and not, uh, not as forceful. So, uh, but we're going to go through here. They, uh, what, what, Dale presented was about nine little areas, um, with the whole you know without giving offense or arousing resentment, you know, as a leader, and and I love the how it starts right there with the very first one. It just takes me to the idea of we talk about praise and 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 showing appreciation. But number one, he talks about beginning with praise and honest appreciation. People will do things begrudgingly for criticism. And an iron-fisted leader, but they will work wonders when they are praised and appreciated. That iron-fisted leader—I've had those, and some of them I respected because of their direction and their thought process. I just never—I never liked how they went about going into the business. The, the force, force, force. Right? If you force yeah. somebody to do something, they're more than likely—you've said it before—they're more than likely going to withdraw. Uh they're not going to put everything into it because it's not theirs and they don't want it and you know it's kind of like you know you'll eat this ham sandwich. You'll eat it, you're know, forcing somebody to eat it. They, they're going to eat it. Um but they don't want it. So they're not going to feel nourished, not going to feel fulfilled. There's just lots of things. Um but being able to talk to somebody about it and and, and show the appreciation side of it to me that helps us you know, get in get into that area of the influence of it
0: yeah that's why i think the real key is right there brian is the the influence aspect of it um you know when you open with praise it, you know we talked about in the previous episode the you know vinegar or honey mm. and and that's what you're doing and it's got to be effective praise because you can't just pray if it's not genuine praise then the, they're probably going to pick up on that pretty easily and then it has the opposite effect. So it has to be some genuine praise. But, um, you know, when you praise somebody, it makes them feel good. It makes them want to do better. It wants them to build that. They want to build that win streak. And that's the way that you get, you know, you get more out of them as an influencer. So what I get it with is oh, the beginning with praise
1: and honest appreciation, though, is also it just kind of taps into that idea Ed, of you can't be an absentee leader. You have to be around. You have to be communicating because if you're just giving me praise to give me praise, but I've never seen you around, or you're always doing something else, and you're just kind of handing out tasks and always doing mm-hmm. something else, I'm kind of like, I think he's just, I think he's just acting, or she's just acting, you know, in my mind, versus yeah. somebody that constantly communicates, um, and has tried to build a relationship at the same time and they're giving praise, I tend to respect that more, right? I it, or even even the type of person that asks, you know, and we're probably going to get into it here in a little bit, but asks that that type of leader that asks questions, fact-finding, open-ended fact-finding questions, to me that's somebody who wants to be involved. So when they do give appreciation or praise, it it feels honest as they, as it says there.
0: Yeah, I think one thing you hit on Brian is when you give praise, and you're an absentee leader, I mean, for me, the first thing that's come to mind is, well, how do you know that I did X, Y, and Z? Or when somebody says, oh, you did a really good job. With what? <laughs> like, with what did I do a good job? Because you weren't around, so I want you to tell me, with what did I do a good job? You know what I mean? Like, you know it's not genuine because you know they never were around to see it. Now, maybe they saw, some, you know, somebody came to them, maybe, hey, you know, Brian said that uh, you really did a lot of hard work on, whatever project then okay I get that but the majority of the time it's probably you just are just you're sugarcoating you're blowing smoke as they say blowing smoke yes that that is as they say (laughs) so I don't know how much Brian has uh edited here but you know Brian was trying to find some information on the absentee leader (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Brian out the lead in the number two no Uh, Number two is actually call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. No one likes to make mistakes, especially in front of others. Scolding and blaming only serves to humiliate. If we subtly and indirectly show people mistakes, uh, show people mistakes, they will appreciate us and be more likely to improve. So, I mean, this is, this is pretty simple. Uh, You know, when you're working with somebody and they make a mistake you know, if I'm helping somebody, let's say I'm helping somebody fill out a form for whatever reason and the soldier inputs the wrong information, I can just go back and say, hey, look at that. All right. Now, right there, you need to put and by just doing that, they say, oh, I made a mistake instead of flying off the handle. and You know, I'm showing them how to correct that mistake. So, you know, in my in my occupation in the military, we do a lot of um, work on computers, ordering parts and stuff. So. You know, rather than being like, I can't believe you put the wrong code in again. Just, hey, no, 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 that's that one right there. So the code you put in means, you know, you want it delivered in a month, but you want to put this code, which will get it to us faster. Okay. And then mm-hmm. that is yeah. how you effectively, I address the mistake indirectly. Right. But I, I also use it as a, as a moment to teach something as well. Um, and that's scolding and blaming. I think that goes back to the one you talked about in the previous one, that iron-fisted leader. That's that's that person, too.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's almost like somebody who wants to be demeaning and, um, yeah. to get their point across. And it's like you don't really have to do that to get your point across. Because what you just said, I, I i loved how you you basically kind of answered how you can go about it in daily business there when you said, hey, see that code right there? This is what that's going to do for you. What you really need is yeah. this code. So not only did you present a um, an easier attitude towards them, you know, and that, that's going to be more accepting to them, but at the same time, you create the lifelong learning because you're trying to teach. I mean, and, and it could go as far yeah. as, hey, you may want to learn to write down this, you know, and, and keep this in mind. You know, it's just, it's the idea of how we present ourselves because that person that it's like, no, you, what are you, are you kidding me? How do you keep messing this up? Like <laughs> that to me, as soon as somebody raises the voice and start doing that, it's almost like you, sometimes you lose a little bit of that. What we always are uh, trying to reiterate about Jocko's uh, extreme ownership, but you want to lose that as the person being blamed because, you know, you want to go into defensive mode, right? Cause somebody's attacking you and that's how you feel. Yeah. And I don't want to be attacked. So if I don't want to be attacked, then why in the world do I want to attack someone, right? I I tell oh, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, attack the mission, but don't don't attack the people. You know what I mean? Unless well, unless they're enemies, and that's what we're supposed to do. But if you attack yeah, the mission, you know, I one of the things that um, so when it comes to something like the like calling uh, basically you know calling attention to those people's mistakes, like for instance, the one thing that it, it gets it kind of gets on, on under my skin a bit is when somebody says, well, I'm waiting on blah blah blah. And I'm like, are we waiting on them to reply to you, or do we just need to continue communicating to get what needs to be done? Because sometimes people may forget about us; they may fall off, things like that. And so I'll be like, listen, we got to attack the mission. You got to go after it. And once you do that, you'll get the information you need, and you're done with that task. You know. So it's kind of like giving them yeah. the idea of if you do this, then you get this. Um, you know, th- this for that type thing. But yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely liked your, uh, your example on that.
0: That's, that's funny. Cause then your example made me think this week, you know, one of my friends, he, uh, we work closely together, but he doesn't work on my base. He's about an hour from here. And he called me and he said, Hey, I need these three documents, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, I gotcha. And then I got swamped and I didn't send the documents. But then later he just shot me in a simple email and said, "Hey brother, don't forget about me." Yeah. And he really knew that I forgot. He knew I forgot, but he didn't make a big deal. He didn't CC the world, which is I find that so disrespectful in email traffic is when, you know, you if he'd have CC'd everybody like his colonel, my colonel like over yeah. three little documents, like that's and it happens all the time. And that's one of the things we, you know, uh, as far as technology and stuff goes, that's one of those things. Like what's the right answer. I think he handled it perfectly. He didn't call me. He just shot me a message and said, Hey brother, don't forget about me. And I immediately attached those documents and sent them out. Cause I, and I even told him cause you know, I'm, I'm big on admitting my mistakes. I said, Hey, you know, I'm glad you sent me that. Cause I really did forget. Yeah. But Hey, thanks for looking out.
1: No, and, and you know so. what? And that, and that to me, that's building a good relationship though, because if, if he did that for you, then you feel more willing to want to help him when he needs it too, because you know, he, you know, you have his trust and and all that and honesty, but you know, and you brought that up. You mentioned about CCing everyone. I think sometimes people forget, like they want to try to be a good leader. Right. And so they don't, they're not demeaning in person, but they forget and they'll CC everyone that's on that dang on first email yeah, and maybe they say something that's derogatory, negative, and not. but they don't think about that because they're not physically talking to someone. They're basically they're talking to themselves and how they how they feel as they type it up and then they hit send, right? Cause normally yeah. when you have a communication with someone on the phone. Uh, in person through a a VTC. Normally you can read the other side, right? You can read the tone of their voice. You can see their face and all this stuff. So you know how to soften the blow. Absolutely. But when it comes to like an email, you're just, you're typing off your emotions. So, you know, uh, I, I'd mentioned it before that one of my, one of my newer methods about, um, going through my emails was I'll start a draft of something and I may not just email it right then, but sometimes I'll uh, I'll type out the entire thing and then I'll go back and I'll read it real quick to make sure there's nothing you know that shouldn't be in there or that I haven't misspelled. So well, normally you get the squiggly line, so that makes it easier. Um, <laughs> but you know, t- at the same time, I'm reading it to also get how am I communicating to someone? Am I, am I am I setting the right message? And that to me that helps out.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's easy in this. You know, nowadays, Brian, you know, they sound like an old fogey, but nowadays I think it's easy to lose sight of who's in that CC line that you're responding to. Right. So when I call you out, I'm, I could be humiliating you without thinking about it. Oh yeah. So for me, I try to imagine the people in my CC line in the room and what I still say, what I'm saying in the email, if they were in the room with me right now. Uh, And I get it. Sometimes you don't know who the person is on the other end, Mm -hmm. but for us in the military, it's very easy because we know what the rank is at least. Oh yeah. Would I say that with a general in the office with me, Mm
1: -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So
0: that's one of those things because it is very easy to embarrass somebody who just maybe, maybe somebody had something come up. Maybe they had to rush out because you know, their young kid fell out of a tree or something and they didn't CC, you know, they didn't send you what they needed to send you. And now you CC the world And now you're bringing into question their competence Mm. and and that's not going to be good for you as far as helping getting help from them in the future when you need it or influence at all.
1: Yep. You're exactly right, man. Wow. You hit, I mean, you hit it on the nail on the head uh, when you said that about, you know, noticing the two lines, the CC line and (laughs) stuff on it. It's, we just don't, we don't think about it that much. That's what I think uh, we, we tend to uh, take it for granted and not realize who we're actually speaking to or in you know, or what we're actually talking about when we're speaking to them, because if we're not careful, we could say the wrong things. And it really, to tell you the truth, I think it comes down to whenever I see something like that, I, I I often question the person who sent it, you know, and their validity of what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I think a good way though to kind of reflect upon that and change it is number three though, Ed, and that's basically talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. I think this is a great tool. I've used this multiple times and it is a tool. Because you start developing this I'm not perfect, but I've and I've made mistakes and I've learned and grown from them and people kind of they want to accept you more because you've you said it you said it before on the show that you know People don't want to follow that perfect leader because they're too scared that they're going to mess up versus if that leader yeah. shows, you know, that they're they not perfect. People tend to want to bond with them and build that relationship. But right here, so it talks about when something goes wrong, taking responsibility can help win others to your side. People, yeah, people do not like to shoulder all the blame and take credit for the mistakes helps to remove the sting from our critiques of others, all right? So the way I see it, that's extreme ownership. And at the same time, it's building trust. Where I'm building your trust because I'm owning the mistakes. It is not hard to do that. Um, just the other day, some documentation that had to be done. Now, I could have said, oh, this uh, was started before I got here, or blah, blah, blah. Instead, I said, I must have mm-hmm. missed something. Um, and not followed up when I was supposed to, but let me get on it. And my commander was really cool about it, you know. But I, I could have sat there and said, "Hey, this was my fault because I didn't know that this blah blah blah." And the last person who was in charge, he should have done. It. You know, I could have done that, but to me, it really wasn't the right answer because right, I, I he's not in the position I am. I can't blame him. I <laughs> should have been more interactive. We knocked it out and looking good now, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that kind of demonstrates to whoever you're interacting with, your human side, too, that you're not that perfect leader and that you can make mistakes. I mean, Brian, we do this with our children. We admit some of our faults to our children. I mean, I, I don't tell them all my mistakes. But, you know, if you have a situation where your child is going through something and they've made a mistake, and you open up and say, well, you know, I kind of did the same thing and tell them the story that builds that connection with your child. So if you can do it at home, you can do it in the workplace, too. You can build that connection. Hey, I made a mistake um, recently. Got a Got a guy that does our contracts. He's new. He is sh- kind of struggling here and there like to keep up because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I told him, yeah, when I started this job, man, I was lost. Like I had no clue. You know, and, and um, actually now that just made me think of another one, an NCO doing the job I did before this one. And he's like, he come and see me. And he's like, hey, when you was in that job, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And I said, for the first three months, try to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Because I had no idea, man. <laughs> and yeah, matter of fact, we went out to yeah. eat. We were in Budapest for a conference. And we went out to eat and have some drinks. And and that's what we really focused on is the way he was feeling. And me saying, yeah, I did the same thing, man. like. Oh yeah, I missed this meeting. They made the big deal. I said, man, I missed this meeting for this other thing. And he's like, you missed one too. And I was like, yeah, it's fine, man. You learn from those things and you develop and you know, and now, man, he was in my office this week. Hey, can I talk to you about your evaluation when you were in that job? So I built that community, that bond where he thinks he feels like he's comfortable enough to come talk to me about other areas mm-hmm. to help him through the situation why why should both of us struggle through a situation if I've already done it and he can come ask me and I can help him through it without the struggles I had then I mean come on yeah I mean at one point hey I told him I said I felt like a Roomba you know that vacuum (laughs) I said I just kept hitting walls and I'd bounce off the wall I said then eventually I wasn't hitting as many walls in a day (laughs) he was like all right that's a that's a a good way to put it
1: (laughs) you know what that is that's funny man that you say that like you're just bouncing off the walls. And you know what? It, what? And, and I know you're going to say more about it, but what I got from that was you don't get anything out of helping him. You really don't. You're just helping someone. Nothing. But you're nope. creating a relationship that you know from now on you could rely upon that person because they trust you and they can rely upon you. That's, I mean, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had me at let's go to Vapiano's and get some food. He had me <laughs> and beer. So he had me at that <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but you, but you know, you help him, And, and so he works for a section that I came from yeah. and, and we do work with them, but the particular stuff he focuses on, the odds are I'll never have to work with him because I don't work that kind. That's that section. Um But you know, if, if he, if I did, it would still work out in my favor because now I've helped him develop, which means his performance, when it comes time for me to need him is going to be stronger. So you can still get some benefit out of it or, or whoever he does work with could benefit from me being willing to say, yeah, I made those same mistakes, man. Yes. You know, I made some ugly slides when I first started and, and now my slides are a lot better. They're still not great, but they're better, you know? So <laughs> I
1: get the right font. i am got it. <laughs> no, I get yeah, you, man. I stop.
0: I stopped putting stuff over top of stuff or the wrong map. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, would this, is that East Germany or Russia we're looking at? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get you, man. Hey, I, I love that. Uh, I love the way, you know, you kind of, basically you took a small piece of this and you basically shown how it kind of has grown a relationship mm-hmm. with someone. And to me, that's one of those things too, that as you get, you get going down the road and let's say somebody says something about um, a certain area and you're like, Oh, I know such and such. They used to work. They're now working in my job and they're doing blah, blah, blah. Let me get hold of him real quick. You know, and that guy, because you've created the relationship, he doesn't mind helping you because you helped him, you know, it's, and it, it, the whole point wouldn't be to try to, you know, figure out how I can get more, you know, other people to help me when I need it instead. It's just nice to know that you had that, uh, you, you know, you paid that, that, uh, that bill for leadership capital, because that's what that was. I like like what you did there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So you want to give us that next one, Ed?
0: I don't. I want you to give it, because this, this, my friend, I will take the one after this. I want you to take this (laughs) one, because you use this, and you have mentioned it a number of times on the show. So I think this is absolutely a softball to you, Brian.
1: (laughs) And he throws a softball lob to me. Ask questions instead of giving direct orders. Oh, I love doing this. This is, this is probably one of the go-to tools in my leadership tool bag all the time. I love to ask questions because it, it not only, to me, what it does, it not only gets what you need done but also it creates, it makes those little neur- n- neurological connections in somebody else, and they start doing the thought process like you, right? So I I could instead just say, hey, do this, blah, blah, blah. Or I could say, so at what point do you think this and this will connect this? You know, mm-hmm. and, and you start the questioning thing. Uh, no one likes to take orders. I, you know... I remember, I, I, when I was a kid, I didn't like to be told what to do. And even like through high school and everything and and growing up. And then I joined the army and I was working at this, uh, I was working at this grocery store called Shaw's. Uh, I, I stocked shells overnight. Um, so I would work from like 10 or 11 o'clock until like five or six in the morning. I was pulling the night shift and the guy that was our night manager, well, one of them, we had two of them, but the one who was off to end there more than the other, he, uh, he was in the army and he was an infantry guy in the army. So, and I had just joined, right. I joined, but I was still, um, I was still waiting to be shipped out. And and he said, Brian, are you kidding me? You joined the army? I'm like, no, nah, I, I can't wait. He's like, but you don't like to be told what to do. That's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, Yeah. That, just a long story short on uh, no one likes to be told, given orders because I'm just one of those people. I don't like to be told what to do, but at the same time, sometimes it helps to know what to do. But if we offer suggestions mm-hmm. rather than orders, it will boost others' confidence and allow them to learn quickly from their mistakes. And that's exactly how I feel. I, I really do honestly feel if you ask the right questions. Now, there are those knuckleheads and I'm going to call them knuckleheads sometimes that I don't care how much question acting, uh, acting, how much question asking you do, they're still just not going to get it. Right. And it's just some people, you know, that maybe that that's just not clicking with them and you, and you may have to find other means to get the point across. But to me often it's kind of like, okay, do you, how do you expect to get that vehicle cleaned off? Now that you just put it through a mud hole, what, what, where are you going to, where are you going to wash that? Do you think that's a good idea? And, you know, and you watch the brain start clicking and then, you know, I mean the tire, now the tire's flat too, because you, you know, you shouldn't have been going four wheel and driving <laughs> in our Humvee, you know, so or LMTV <laughs> or an LMTV. Yeah. you know what happens. Um, but <laughs> obviously you get my take on it and how I think, because this is that this is, this is that John Rogers peeled the onion Ed big time yeah. is the asking of questions. And, but your take on it, what, what, what are your thoughts on it?
0: You also use it a little bit different, Brian. So this is the way that you often make on the spot corrections as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. You ask the soldier, well, what's it saying in regulation about Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So you're not telling them, Hey, take your hands out your pocket. Well, what's the regulation say? And you're, you're teaching them something, but at the same time you are making a correction right and they're realizing it but you're not like coming down on them hard you're not giving them an order so i think that that reinforces their ability to learn oh yeah you know next time they go i guarantee you the soldier the next time they reach their hands into their pockets they're like oh that's right first Sergeant Weber. yeah get my keys (laughs) so get my keys yeah (laughs) get my keys so that was that's kind of why i was like yeah this is absolutely one of the techniques that, that brian uses and it, it is better than i mean at certain levels yes are you going to be giving orders yeah like you may be giving a little bit of orders i think those leaders that all they can do is give orders of course they lack the ability for to to execute uh decentralized command you know maybe yep. they they yep. need to feel important so they do that but even little tasks like cleaning up the you know the motor pool you can ask hey uh you know of course, as we always say, give the why. Hey, we're gonna get off early, but we gotta get the motor pool clean first. What what do we need to get done down there? You know what needs to be done to clean a motor pool. But when mm-hmm. Joe raises his hand and says, Well, we gotta put the you know, the drip pans under our vehicles, okay, you got that. You know, like you you build that team, you build some knowledge in them, and then uh you make them feel like they're part of everything, and, and it just goes to Um, have a larger influence, I think, on everything.
1: Oh, I agree. But let's let's flip this back real quick. Let's flip it back to the leadership side. Right. So let's say I I've given somebody a task and they went through and they made a mistake. Mm. And now I want to I'm going to give them direct orders. What if they did learn from that mistake? Right. If I'm questioning and I'm doing the questioning process and when I say question, I'm not question like
0: did you really do it? Uh,
1: I'm trying to validate. Yeah, yeah I, I want to validate it, but I don't want to question them as a person, their character, their you know their work ethic, all that. But if I'm questioning, what I'm going to do is maybe they're going to go through that process, and now I don't have to worry about looking like a total uh, uh kind of a, a a direct order type person because you know what they they brought me, they brought the answers that I was going to mm-hmm. want to suggest anyways. So I knew they learned, so it doesn't make me as the leader look like the, a, a bad person either because there's nothing worse than having somebody direct you every little step on something because you made a mistake once the first time. I It, it drives me crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of, the, one of the key phrases I like to use, so if I made a mistake on something and I have to do kind of the same thing again, often when I do the back brief, because that's what we do a lot in the Army, I'll include in what I learned from that mistake last time and how I'm going to address that. Right. And that's to kind of ease the uh, the confidence to to where they're more confident in me versus instead of, you know, they're going to be they're most likely. And I've seen this before. They're normally just sitting there waiting to ask you how you're going to fix that mistake if you just bring it up and go ahead, then you're good. So, so I think there's an opposite effect on this too yeah. as the leader.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's good. The whole little, you know, section about asking questions. I think it's good. It, if anything you can do to develop the future leaders in your organization, whether it be military civilian or even your own household, right? We use the same thing with our kids. You know, you ask some questions and then, you know, Well, it's eight o'clock. What happens at eight o'clock? Oh, this, this, this. Okay. So I think that that's very important, Brian. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So since you took that one for me, my friend, I'm going to take the next one. But I'm also going to say, I'm (laughs) going to caveat that that number five and number six are a famous saying that are out of order. We'll go with that and see if you can figure it out. Um, Number five, let the other person save face. Nothing diminishes the dignity of a man quite like an insult to his pride. If we don't condemn our employees in front of others and allow them to save face, they will be motivated to do better in the future and confident that they can. Yes. All right. So this, again, this goes back to our iron fisted guy, right? This is the type of stuff he would do is he would, um, you know, he would insult somebody's pride because Listen, I've been yelled at in front of people. I, matter of fact, our guy, yes, our guy, when we were in Afghanistan, yes. was trying to. I, I, I did mess something up. We were behind what we should have been doing. This dude had me sit in a chair and was talking to me, and then he brought in the whole platoon, Roger, everybody, so 16, 16 of us total, and he proceeded to insult me on a lack of performance in front of everybody. So the only people that was senior to me was him and the officer. Mm. He gave me a dressing down in front of all of the subordinates. Luckily, I had enough leadership capital built up within those subordinates and they knew what kind of person he was that it did not have the impact that I was worried it was going to have. But let me tell you, I left. I went back to the to the little barracks we were living in. Soldiers were like, you going to chow? You going to chow? I grabbed my gym shoes. This is before the injury. And I went, and I wore a treadmill out for about an hour. I wore that treadmill out because I was so heated. And I know in the Army we can't put our hands on people, you know. But I was so – because he – like he crushed my pride until the next day. I, I don't even know if I slept that night. Like, But the next day when I saw the soldiers and how they responded to me, that was when I was like, OK, I'm OK. I'm OK. I, you know, I, I didn't know it was leadership capital at the time, but I knew that I had enough of their support mm-hmm. that he didn't but yeah no he had me sit in a chair surrounded by soldiers and just let me
1: have it nothing is of all the things that you were taught that's one of the things that we're taught you don't do from the get-go yeah now let me ask you this though if he would have done that with just you and the officer in there not all the joes do you think your mind well i know and i know this person so i would i would definitely answer it a certain way too but (laughs) <laughs> do you think your mindset would have been different? Would you have had that problem uh, of having to go burn off all that steam because you knew, like you said, you messed up, right? So you knew you messed up.
0: Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Did you uh, do you feel your confident or your, your pride wouldn't have been as hurt if it wasn't in front of all the joes?
0: Uh, I think it would have still been a little. I'd, I'd have still been a little hurt over it, like angry over it, um, because of his delivery. Yes. You know how he does things and the profanity and everything he has to accompany everything he says with, Mm -hmm. but it would have been, if I had to put a number on, it would have been 50% less what it was because the Joes was the real, like that was a driving factor for me being angry. And and really, I want to say that was pretty much the beginning of the end for him and I working together as any kind of cohesive team. Right. Um, yeah, but that was kind of the driving factor was, like, these are the soldiers that look up to me, look to me to lead them in Afghanistan, and he just made me feel like the size, you know, the size of a penny. So,
1: so Ed, you know, I'm sitting here, and I'm evaluating what you're saying and then what I know of that individual. Mm. and. We could we could write things for days on this, right? Yep. The crazy thing is, is I had that I had opened up that toxic leadership paper by uh, <laughs> Colonel Denise Williams, and I was just I'm just scrolling through, man, and I'm looking at the different titles, and I I'm catching key words under each type of uh, toxic leader, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, and I don't want to sit there and label the person, and I hope he's become better in life and things have worked out for him, but I, I'm seeing like the narcissist leader the callous leader um the corrupt leader the bully leader Mm -hmm. you know these are you know i don't think he's an evil leader that i don't think i just think i think it's kind of like to me it's one of those situations where that individual was probably um mentored in that same manner yeah and then i also know who he was hanging out with a lot there you know too and I think that 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 person was fueling the fire of mm. you need to be harder on them. You need to be harder on it. You know what I mean? Type thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you probably know who I'm talking about. He used to ride around in his uh, vehicle yeah. with him. Um, But then I think about this. I'm like. What if what if he wasn't like that type of person? Right. What if he wasn't actual? Let's what if he was the bearded ninja Mm. and he brought you in with the superior also, and then he talked about your mistakes and whatnot. But you know, you know how, you know how Rick would do it. It would totally be different. But what I'm getting at is I think because of the reputation that he built, that's probably what most of the, the, um, anger came from anyways, right? Because of who he was. Yeah. So it it was a building block. And when when, uh, he, you know, instead of allowing you to save face and he just comes straight at you, it literally just made the volcano erupt. That's all it was. Yeah. he was already ready.
0: Yeah, I had no ability to save face. That was part of the, you know, the real issue. I mean, the soldiers could have been a lot, the response from them could have been a lot different, but he didn't provide me that opportunity.
1: Yeah, you take a different person, same situation, different person in it, I think the outcome's different. It just it just depends, you know. And it, I think it's really about the leader needs to do the self-evaluation and you know that <clears throat> that ownership so you, you talk about the ego and putting ourselves in check. We've got to we've got to be able to kind of put ourselves in check by doing an actual honest to goodness self-evaluation. Oh yeah. You know, uh Okay. I hear people say all the time, oh, Well, I don't care who likes me. I have a job to do. Got you. That's, you know what? Hey, great. If you want to work that way, that's fine. But at the same time, if people don't like you, they're not going to do things for you when you need it. And they're not going to do it willingly, especially when they are the same rank as you, right? Because they can just tell you, Hey, blow off, get out of here.
0: Yeah. Pound sand.
1: I, yeah. Pound sand. You know what I mean? Like, but if you've built that relationship and they've seen, you know, the type of person you are and all this stuff, it's a lot easier, you know, with some greased wheels. So, yeah, I, I, uh, man, mm-hmm. I just, I think about your story and I, I remember an instance, uh, I had with that same individual. And to this day, oh, it just gets on my, he gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to move on to this next one, buddy? So,
0: yeah. So here you go, Brian, you're going to do this next one. And then, and then, I mean, I think immediately you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I, I get what it is. But, um, I do think that six should have been five and five should have been six. And then it would make sense more to me, but go ahead, Brian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Praise every improvement. People love to receive praise and admiration. If we truly want someone to improve at something, we must praise their every advance abilities wither under criticism they blossom under encouragement mm-hmm. absolutely I totally agree with you man um I'm not sure if Dale was putting these in order uh when he was writing it to just kind of like send it out here or to me I, I like what you, uh praise in public punish in private is that where you're nope. was that, was that where you oh yeah okay yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I figured that's what you were going at with it um but the to me once again to be able to do this effectively, Ed, you can't do it if you're not around. If I don't know what's going on, how am I going to appraise their abilities, right? You know, yeah. evaluations. We, we, do, we do non-commissioned officer evaluation reports. Those are usually yearly. Sometimes they change here and there during, you know, if, if you have a different rater, you got to move, PCS, whatever. But I often tell people with these, I, I say, listen, no one knows you better than you. I said, your Raider could be around all the time, but they're not going to know every single thing that you do. I So I'll, I'll tell them, hey, help them out. Go ahead and write one and then give it to them saying, hey, these are the things that have happened. Yeah, They may change stuff. They may not. But at least, you know, and to me, and, and I know this is kind of like going opposite side of it, right? But you're getting the praise for the things that you did do in that manner because you knew what you did. Um, but at the same time, that absentee leader has to kind of be there a little bit they have to uh, they have to be able to kind of show their presence not only just to have their presence but what if let's say what if somebody's having struggles with a certain tasks right and then you that leader's there to help mentor mold develop uh and it may not be them that does it they may assign somebody to help that person out or whatever but then now you can come back later and say you know hey yeah i know how you were struggling on x y and z i'm really proud of you of the strides that you have made in doing this good job you know and man you wouldn't believe how much clout that brings how much leadership capital that brings oh yeah but i one i wanted to i wanted to go back right here up here um i i i because we keep mentioning the absentee leader thing. And I just, I wanted to read this real quick. The absentee leader is detached from the organization and the people he is charged with leading. And we can, you can interchange he and she in this. So if you hear me say he a lot, then believe me, it's interchangeable. Uh, He is only involved in the decision-making, future planning, and program uh, executing because of his physical presence in the organization. He seems to be mindless because his mind is only on himself and obtaining the approval of others for himself. His absenteeism uh, creates chaos and from the turmoil and the uh, the infighting perpetuated by underlings who are malevolent and who sense a leadership vacuum. When all is said and done, followers want leaders. They want to be led. If the leader is disengaged or absent, the followers find themselves in a state of disorder and confusion with little hope of a vision for a way out of the mayhem. So we think about this. If Joe's not getting praise for the things they are doing because the absent leaders are not around, you are actually creating chaos and you don't even realize that, you know? So, um, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, every time I see stuff like this, it's like, I, I question why people don't already do this. You said earlier, Ed, this seems like common sense to me, but there, this does happen. I don't, I don't understand why people wouldn't do this.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, so there are challenges. So it, I mean, at least the way we're structured, you know, um, You know, you could be, uh, well, you think about like Afghanistan. So your leader may not be on the installation that you're on when you're working. Right. But they're still your supervisor. So, but then that's where that feedback from those that do witness it, those type of things. Yeah. Those do come into play. And honestly, Brian, I mean, I could, I could roll right into number seven with just that alone. Let's get it. So when you have that, all right, I'm on one camp and Brian's on the other camp. And Brian's my supervisor. Well, what can happen is those people I'm working with can give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. Oh, yeah. That's number seven. If we give people a great reputation to live up to, they will desire to embody the characteristics with which we have described them. People will work with vigor and confidence if they believe they can get better. So that person can be telling Brian, hey, you know, I work with Ed and he's this, he's that. And then eventually, during my counseling sessions or whatever, it's going to get back around to me, which then makes me desire to really embody those descriptions, especially if it's somebody somebody you really respect and work well with, because now you don't want to let them down, right? Oh, yeah. So, when they've sold you as being X, Y, and Z, you want to live up to that, and you want to even, like, be plus that. So, it gives you something to work with, and that's why it's important. We We should... You know, give a good reputation. I I mean, as a leader, at least for me, Brian, I'm sure you've done it too. When you get to a new organization, I like to form my own opinions of people. I don't want to listen to the other leader tell me, well, you know, merit is this, this, and this. And yes. Ellers is this, this, and this, and smuggly because now they're making me form an opinion based off of what they say. And it could be a fine reputation or it could be the opposite. So, you know, you want to kind of form your own. Um, idea of their reputation but i think that that's important um yeah you know to 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 build up a reputation and then live up to it just makes you a better leader and then like it says here it lets you be a lifelong learner who can continue to get better and grow oh
1: yeah 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 and you know so you brought up that point about like when you show up to a unit and you don't like to listen to what other people have to say about others that doesn't bother me so much anymore um i've learned to take it with a grain of salt because in the same manner, like you, because I know we're very much in the same way, I kind of like to look at it as an evaluation too. Like when I'm getting to know someone, I'm also evaluating who you know that type of person, what type of leader they are, what type of follower they are. Are they a listener? Or they do they talk too much? You know, a lot of different things, and it allows me to help become the mentor, the coach, the things that I want to be. Right? Because we all know we're not perfect. Like goodness. I know I'm not. I seek assistance <laughs> often, right? I I ask questions of people because I want to become better even though, you know, I may suck at X Y and Z. But it helps us to, you know, kind of look at that. And then on the flip side, so when I was when I was leaving an organization and somebody was taking over for me, I I like to be I like to be careful about what I say so people don't form opinions because there are people who will form their opinion off what somebody says and then they mm-hmm. run with it the rest of the time and that that bothers me so i'm i'm really careful about stating my opinion on a certain person maybe i'll state my opinion on the process of something i don't think this process is working i think it should be blah 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 but the person i'm i'm really careful about that cuz i want somebody to be able to get their to feel out their own now there'll be occasionally, you know, somebody will be like, so what do you think about such and such? I'm going to give very normally when you say that, unless it's like you at like between you and I, I will give you the most honest answer. You you know, period. Or if, if Rick asked me, I would give him the most, but when it's somebody that I know is new to the organization, I'm going to be very vague and try to, and, and say things such as, but I'll let you form your own opinion on them. You know what I mean? Like to kind of lead that way. Yeah. But the reputation thing, Man, I'll tell you what, I struggle that one. I struggle that one coming here where I'm at. Because, um, you know, I'm working, I'm now, right now, how things are formed, I'm working for, m- you know, my favorite star major type thing. And he kind of formed a, a reputation for me that I have to live up to. And <laughs> sometimes it's not easy, man. Like when somebody's already kind of uh, like, Frames you as this superstar yeah. and you're like, oh, Sorry, man, I got to live yeah. up to
0: that. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I can't let that person down. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I got to really live up to this and it can be tough, but at the same time, it's almost, it makes you want to be a better person at the same time. You know? Uh, I mean, it's, it's just, that's, I, I think it's good to kind of build up somebody's clout a little bit in their reputation, um, to help elevate them not just elevate them in their status but also in their abilities cuz no, nothing bothers me more when people are constantly doubting themselves and what they can do because you know i mean humans we're we're very resourceful we are we are very good at becoming better we've evolved throughout years and new technologies and new knowledge and all that stuff and i think when we elevate their reputation we're helping that a little bit you know oh yeah absolutely Got me on a roll. All right, here we go. You ready to go on to the next one, number eight? Yeah,
0: yeah, I am. Is it my turn? My turn?
1: No, it's my turn again. Is it your turn? I think you just
0: gave that one. Oh, okay, then it's your yeah. turn.
1: <laughs> Use encouragement. Oh, man, we could, go, we could go all day with that. Make the fault seem easy to correct. If, if the desired outcome seems like a momentous task, people would give up and lose heart. Oh, yes, they will. In a heartbeat. I'm telling you, I've seen this before multiple times where people literally think they're going to push this massive boulder over the hill so they don't even try to have to, they don't even try to push the boulder whatsoever. They don't realize that the hill is just a slight incline and then it's just going to drop down real quick. But if a fault seems easy to correct, they will readily jump at the opportunity to improve. If we frame objectives as small and easy improvements, we will see dramatic increases in desire and success in our employees. I mean, Ed, we've been trying to do this uh, over the past few years, even when we were working together on how how can we improve not only only in, let's say, our instructors that we had or cadre, but also we were doing it on a daily basis with the students you know, using that encouraging, that encouraging talk. And we, you know, one of the things was, is when you would receive a comment from a student, you would give them feedback that was part of the process to help them want to become better. Wouldn't you say?
0: Well, yeah. And we've talked about before how important feedback is and um, you know, and it sounds, I don't know. It kind of, let me think about it. It sounds a little weird, but um feedback is encouragement it's just a different type of encouragement because you're showing them the fault but you can't be like oh man this is terrible this is this is going to take forever to fix but as long as you minimize it right don't over exaggerate Mm -hmm. issue or whatever it is and provide that feedback and couple that negative feedback with positive feedback which sometimes i will say grading students There were times where there were students that were just so bad at something. It was like I really had to dig in and really think critically about how to frame it in any kind of positive, especially when I worked with the bearded ninja. Are you a man trying to encourage others?
1: You don't need to. You've got a beard luscious. A few white hairs in it every once in a while, but you just color that out with the black color stuff. But also you use Bearded Ninja Beard Bomb. That Bearded Ninja Beard Bomb will help you give the confidence that you need to be the right persuasive individual you want to be. Bearded Ninja Beard Bomb, made of snake venom and pomade, sold nowhere, uh, advertised only on this show, brought to you by Lifelong Learning Industries.
0: <laughs> so, he when teaching the instructor course, when when they give their initial their initial block of instructions and you're evaluating them, yeah, sometimes it is difficult to find the good it is, but you get creative and you do find because that small win, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I used to like to say to them, uh, you you know, you move your hands a lot when you talk, but we can work on that. That's that's an easy fix. And I feel like that's providing some feedback, but it's encouraging because I am t- I hear you had the person who's supposed to be the subject matter expert, the instructor course instructor, and they're telling me that's an easy fix. And so that makes me think, OK, then I can do that. So I think that's one of the things that feedback with positivity in it is an excellent tool to encourage.
1: You know, Ed, you brought that up and like my brain right, went right to like flipping the switch of being the coach and the mentor in that and thinking. You know, when we were in that class together and we were giving our first presentations or we were doing those things, how nervous we were and the mindset. So it allows you to kind of, if, if it is, it's having that empathy and reflecting upon self and what it was, and you just said, oh, well, you're using your hands a lot. It's an easy fix. You can back that up with, I'm speaking from experience. I had the same problem and I, I can help you with that, you know, and that's encouraging in a sense.
0: Yes. Yes. That's number three. Also talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. Exactly.
1: Right. And those are those, but those are those things that, that will help you, you know, to, to help others grow. And that's like, often you have to kind of, you have to kind of go through those same steps to, you know, or go through those same issues to be able to, you know, grow others, you know, and learn from yourself. Uh, but that man, that was, Good example.
0: Why, thank you, Brian. I also thought that your example was
1: very well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for encouraging me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I hope that that makes you happy because that's what number nine is. Make the oh. other person.
1: what <laughs> you did there.
0: Make the other person happy about doing what you suggest. People will most often respond well when they desire to do the behavior put forth. If we want to influence people and become effective leaders, we must learn to frame our desires in terms of others' de- desires. Yes. <laughs> and I think this was on, like, episode one. I really think that this encompasses a lot of what we've talked about over the last three episodes and how we use these tools that Mr. Carnegie has provided in order to make others happy about what we what we want to get done. You know, things like uh, one that always stands out for me about this book is not being worried about what I want and worry about what they want and focusing on that because then that gets you where you're getting, they're going to be happy to, you know, to work on whatever the project is and and improve that behavior, whatever that is. I think once you can figure out what is their key to happiness, what motivates and drives the person understanding that, I think that is just absolutely crucial to being an effective Mm -hmm. leader, Brian.
1: Oh, that's how that's how you get things done. And with with individuals within any organization or or community or family, whatever, and crush it at the same time, like totally crush it, because if they want to do it, they're going to do it really well. And, you know, we've said about ownership, right? So if they own whatever it is, if it's their idea, they're not gonna want it to fail. So That's how you help them through that. So, Ed, great point, man. I I can't really explain it any more than you have. Um, I think I just, (laughs) I find that what Dale presented in 1937 and how people have to keep constantly reviewing this, uh, I find it amazing of his mindset then, and it still kind of is in like this massive motion of how we should go about things. And, and I mean, I, I recommend, uh, listeners, if, if you, you know, obviously we kind of gave you the, the, um, the brief description description of it and then our thoughts and ideas behind it. But I also recommend you, you know, go ahead and get that book, uh, get the audio book or the, the Kindle or the hard paperback, whatever. I think I have all three actually. Um, but get that. <laughs> and then, Do your own research and your assumptions and whatnot, because to me, that's the best way for you to learn because, you know, you can hear other people's ideas on it, but really until you form your own, it normally, and that's that whole, that's that last one though. Once it's your desire and your understanding, it's almost Mm -hmm. like you're going to own it more. Right. So yeah, great book. I I was really happy we got to do this one, man. Um, What you got for the audience before we get out of
0: here? I think it was. It was an amazing, it is an amazing book. You know, really, I thought we put out some of the better information from the book. Not that there's anything wrong with the book but, you know, a lot of what we left out, the examples that they provide because they're dated, like I said before. Yeah. But overall, the information is great despite the other stuff being, you know, dated. But um, I have listened to it twice. I have read it. A excellent book. Very good. And I mean, I think it works in business. I think it works in, well, obviously the military, because you and I have used some of these principles. And um, I think you can work in some of these principles, work in your household, too. So I think it's very much a value added in the listeners going out there and uh, getting this book in one of those formats, Brian.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm really excited to continue on with some of our look at uh, different books, too. I mean, uh, for the future, when we think about this. I, I want to see how we can kind of tie some of this stuff into, uh, when we, we continue on our path with George Washington's leadership lessons. And then also when we get into Pat Patton's principles, you know, I, I, it, Oh yeah. It, it makes me want to, and it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, you get, you're getting to do your favorite i am doing my favorite. And we're kind of like, we're just meshing all this together. I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, and I, I'm, I'm excited to get the, you know, the next few episodes, uh, recorded and uh to kind of present this to the audience and hopefully the audience enjoys it and if they do ed if the audience enjoys it is oh, there a boy, way boy. they they could tell us um how we've done or maybe suggest it
0: why yes brian absolutely what the listeners can do is they can go to their favorite social media platforms such as instagram facebook or twitter and they can find their instinctive influencers there at one one influence and they can comment, leave messages, comment on the show, ask questions. Uh, if we miss something in this book, maybe they can say, hey, what about this particular thing? Oh, yeah. You know, and then maybe we'll uh, on the back end of a show sometimes say, hey, we got this question about this from a listener. You know, when we did the Dale Carnegie book, let's talk about it. Uh Also, we have individual Twitter accounts that they can go out there and check out our Twitter handles and leave comments and see what we've tweeted. Uh, What else is there, Brian? Oh, the website. Uh, They can check us out at the AstrictiveInfluencers.com website as well and meet the faces and see the places. And we can uh, (laughs) share information there as well. Go to your favorite podcast platform and, and make sure that you leave a review. Um, and you know, a, a review for the show, as well as continue to download the instinctive influencers podcast. It is greatly appreciated by your hosts.
1: <laughs> All part of the Lifelong Learning Institute.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, well, hey, it was a great conversation, Ed. I was I was glad we got it, we got this one uh down so we could we can move forward on some more stuff, but I, I, I think you were right. When we first uh, started this three-part series, when you said it, it was like, I don't know why we didn't do this in the beginning. I, I think you're right, but it's, I'm glad we, uh, we actually got it, finally got it done, man.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Should have been right up there. Uh, around the Benavidez episode way back in those top 10, but Hey, we got it. That's what really counts. And I think we did a better episode now than we would have done way back then. Ah, yeah,
1: brother. All right. Well, you have anything else for the audience before we go, my man?
0: Let me think. Hmm. No, I don't, Brian.
1: <laughs> okay. Hey, by the way, Ed, you know, you made a comment um, not too long ago. I, w- I want to say it was oh. uh, two episodes, maybe one or two episodes ago, where you said, I love how you leave my mistakes in. So I was editing, um, oh, I was no. editing a show recently, and I decided – I left my mistakes in there, so you'll, you'll catch on to it once you listen to it. Oh, okay. Listeners, you'll catch on to it, too. Really excited to kind of publish a couple more real good ones. Uh, but other than that, listen, thank you very much. I am Brian.
0: And I am Ed.
1: And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Remember, do what you need to do to become a better influencer and to win friends the Dale Carnegie way. Thank
0: you for listening. Have a great day.